Alrighty guys, and welcome to another episode of the Bare Naked Health Podcast. And on the line today, I have a good friend of mine, Travis Robbins. Now, Travis and I were talking and he was saying like, yeah, he had some questions about just like general health, lifestyle things that we were just going to talk about. So we figured, hey, let's just start recording. So uh, Travis, if you want to just kind of even jump into like kind of where this even maybe came about, like what, what were the questions that you, you kind of started thinking about and we can just kind of dive, dive in and start talking about it. Well, I, yeah, I can tell you where it came about. It's the first of the year. So this is when the, when the calendar turns over, um, there's some kind of phenomenon that happens um, specifically for me, but I think for a lot of people, it's like, oh, yeah. oh it's, which is kind of silly, right? So you could make any first first of any month uh, a time to make a change in your health. But for, or the 16th what, of the month, like really, right? it's just, it is another day. You forget a day. Um, so it, I'm torn between, um, I, I, the, when the first of the year comes, it's really one of my favorite days of the year because I feel like, all right, well, this is my chance to, you know, start making some positive changes. Um, but also I understand the sheer stupidity of just that date being something where you should make a change, but I, I think it works. So we'll just go with that. Okay, Nick. Sounds good to me. Okay. So I came to the first of the year and I was starting to evaluate some of the de- decisions I was making. So I think that's what a lot of this comes down to. So both you and I are, are physical therapists and what we really try to do is help people make a better decision when it comes to, you know, specifically orthopedic health for us. But then because we have such a unique opportunity, we spend, you know, between three and four hours with a patient every week at times. Um, We just have a unique opportunity to have an effect on their overall health. And I think you've seen that shift in our practice in terms of what we want to do with the wellness stuff that we have. So, um, I just trying to think of, you know, health, I think defining that. So your health can be, you know, your nutrition, your movement practice, um, uh, solid sleep habits, um, stress management, you know, there's all these different components and those can be tied to some kind of habit formation. So I think in, in the last year I've really tried to work on my sleep. So I've done a lot more tracking of that and I have actual data that shows me, okay, if I do this, it's a really bad idea when it comes to my sleep. When I do this, things tend to work out better. Um, I think the, the the metrics part of that has been really interesting to me. I don't do a lot of metric stuff when it comes to nutrition. Um, I really need to go to the doctor and get my blood run because it's been about a decade since I've done that. Um, so I, I don't have a ton of metric stuff uh, that I can point to that I'm doing a good or bad job. I use the, you know, um, metrics of the scale, which is terrible. It's the worst thing you can use to, to get on the scale and say, well, if I'm at this weight, I'm in good health. If I'm at this weight, I'm not. I know that's not good, but it's what's available and that's what I have. Um, I you think can also more just th- use the mirror, right? The mirror test. Right. So that's that one's not going so well either. Um, so that that's something that yeah, you definitely can use. Um, but in a lot of in, in working with you in the past we do a lot of subjective stuff. So it's just like, you know, okay, on a scale of zero to 10, you know, how are you feeling? And I've got, I think I've kind of struggled with that because everything just gets kind of blurry because I don't, I don't remember sometimes what it felt like when I was 20. Now it's 20 so years it, ago. So it also probably is going to be a sliding scale, right? right? Where the more you recognize it. So even just talking about your ob- objective sleep data, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, you can look at that and you you see the number, but you need to also uh, 
be able to correlate that subjectively. It's like, okay, uh, if it's out of a hundred, right? Let's let's just use a hundred. I'm looking at uh, my sleep app on my phone, right? And it says today it's a 93. Okay, well, how do I actually feel today? Like, what does my day look like? And look at that maybe at the beginning and the end of the day and kind of take note versus the following day it's a, it's a 76 or then it's a 53 and it's like okay well maybe you see those days and you really try and now objectively look at it like yes the subjective part of that how do i feel how do i just how does that day go for me overall uh, and that's where you have to be able to start looking at that and yes it can be hard but it's going to be a sliding scale right because all of a sudden now if you're consistently hitting that 93 and then you get a 67 one day, well, now it's a very, uh, it's a much bigger shift. If you, if you were always at 67 and then you get to an 84, well, now you get that anomaly of like, well, why was that one higher? And you have to start using these and being, I think, using that subjective part of it to uh, every morning and every night so that you can, really recognize and not have to rely on wearing uh, a ring or wearing a strap or whatever it is that everybody's using. Yeah. So I, I think maybe that's when I was thinking about this conversation, what I wanted to get out of it. I have this piece of technology on my hand that can give me some information about my sleep. I think I have that. I, like I have um, things that I can use to make decisions. I don't, I don't have that for my nutrition. So is there a system that I can put in that okay so even even before we go that you can use the same piece of equipment right so you can look at how does your sleep look like on a day that you uh, you eat a pizza you eat a dozen cookies whatever it is right like what does sleep look like on that day versus a day that you know what I, f- I felt pretty good about what I ate today right I mean, just using it in that manner. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I think that that can be something that can't be overlooked. That that is already an obje- objective piece of data that you can look at your sleep based on what you ate that day, but also the timing of what you ate that day then too. Because I think this is a big thing where, especially if you're using any type of wearables, you can see if you're not able to get into deep sleep if your resting heart rate is staying either like staying way up anything like that this is probably telling you that yeah you're not ready to get to sleep based on eating too close to bedtime okay so is that purely what it is as a general rule if you eat further away from your bedtime are things going to go better yes provided you are not having a blood sugar crash so that's okay that that's twofold i my minimum minimum that I like to do is two hours before I go to bed. Now that's even cutting a little tight, like three hours. I'm pretty solid. Like that feels very good to me. I'm not hungry at that point when I go to bed. It's just, Hey, three hours is I think the the sweet spot, but sweet three hours is a very important thing. And when I say three hours, three hours has to be a solid meal, right? This can't just be, uh, and it, it can't be a solid meal plus a ton of garbage. Like I can eat because we're going out at Christmas time, right? Like if I had a cookie, it really didn't bother me. Like I was able to do that. Uh, I didn't really do that multiple days in a row or anything to really test that. But Christmas Eve, it was like 
I actually ate fairly well. Like I didn't really have garbage, if you will. I think I only had like one or two cookies that Julie had baked, but I just ate so much that day. And even though I didn't eat very close to bedtime, it was just too much volume, right? So looking at that, but then it's really, the other thing I look at too, I can't, not that I can't, I don't eat meat at night anymore. I'll eat meat for breakfast and lunch uh, if I'm eating meat that day, but at night it's going to be eggs, it's going to be cheese, it's going to be yogurt. Uh, I just don't eat meat because it. I'm not digesting it well enough in that time frame. Uh, if if we like a really early dinner and I have it maybe around like four or five o'clock, which we'll do, and then I'll have it. But if I'm eating like at that three hour window, I just don't eat meat. So how did you find out that you were um, having trouble with eating meat closer to bedtime? So that's where it's okay. I, I use some of the wearables now too, uh, as well as just like again looking at and again I, I say the wearables. You don't have to use that. Like you can really just say how did I sleep last night? But you have to be very truthful, like ridiculously truthful with yourself. Uh, if you're not going to use, I think some of the objective data and, or use it again to learn, right? So I use it as a learning opportunity now where it's, I wasn't, if I was eating meat, I wasn't a couple things. Uh, no, I can usually fall asleep pretty well, but it's my heart rate would be elevated and I wasn't getting deep sleep. Uh, and, or I would be tossing and turning a lot throughout the night, like just not not staying asleep. Those, those were the big things that I noticed. Okay. So out of this so far, basic constructs, probably a good idea to give at least two or three hours before bedtime since the last time you've eaten, probably a good idea to try not eating a, a lot of meat, um, right as the last meal of the day. Um, what are some other things that you've found have been successful in improving your overall health? Overall health or sleep specifically? Yeah, it was specific um, to your nutrition. Like other things like, oh, I found out that if okay. I this, this kind of throws me off. Um, oh, okay. So fasting, right? Fasting from the standpoint of uh, maybe I'll use the term time-restricted feeding window. I, I think that's kind of where it comes down to. Like if I just eat all day long, I'm going to be in trouble. But I can eat like a large bolus for breakfast and then, like I said, that late afternoon, early evening, eat a whole mess more. Because just to do what I do, like I compete in strength athletics. Like if I don't eat, I lose a lot of weight very easily. So, yeah, I just do that. But I can eat those two pretty large meals. Believe me, like most people are not going to eat that much in a, well, no, that's not true. People are going to take in that many calories in a given day. It's not going to get the same nutrition profile. They're not going to get the same nutrients. So I'm eating very nutrient dense foods. And if I'm just not eating all the time, I think that's just a very good thing for me. Uh, as well as, I don't know if the, like you could take this as nutrition. You could take this as supplementation. I like eating yogurt because I just like eating yogurt. So that's one of my favorite like probiotic foods, but just doing probiotics in general and then like digestive enzymes, uh, specifically, not necessarily digestive enzymes, hydrochloric acid. I'll, I'll do that when I eat meat. It just makes it easier for me to digest and like some, and or some apple cider vinegar. Okay. All right. So I think I got to the beginning of the year and I was making some poor decisions and I knew they were poor decisions and I 
had objective and subjective data that say said they were poor decisions. So the first year I said, you know, I'm, I'm just going to stop eating crap. And so that has a wide range uh, of information. Some people would see what I eat like, wow, you, you're eating really well. And some people um, wouldn't. So when someone said, and when you, when you work with somebody that maybe is just starting out and they're committed and they're like, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to go here. This is, I'm making some bad decisions. What are the, the basic um, instructions that you would give them for like, hey, when we first start working with you, the first couple weeks to a month here, here's what uh, I need you to work on. Understanding you want to give them reasonable things to do. So uh, one of my patients, uh, clients have been working with for a little bit. We just talked last week and first hundred days of the year we're focusing on doctor diet right this is what it's all about for him and he's not taking anything out of his diet right that's first and foremost like he's like i i because he keeps making different decisions over and over and we're we're exploring other things like uh mental emotional like uh, so don't get me wrong. Like the mind is still going to take over. So you, if you have a lot of underlying issues, like you still have to get to the bottom of some of that. But the only thing, not not the only thing. First thing we're working on, not taking out gluten. Not taking uh, for him. He's already kind of taken out dairy because he realizes like this is terrible for him more so than other things. However, the only other change we're making is he's eating fruits and vegetables with every meal. For him, specifically because of digestion and stuff, we're going more with cooked vegetables just because it's easier for him and or like making sure that he's putting like some apple cider vinegar on it to help break it down a little bit. But it's just like just getting basically like a set quantity of vegetables, vegetable matter at every meal. Nothing else is changing. Okay. So that's a basic thing. Um, So the reason I'm almost stopping there and leaving it so simple is is kind of by design right where it's okay well i gotta get rid of this i gotta do this i gotta do that it's like okay again it becomes overwhelming for him it's like okay i'm not gonna try and take all these foods away try and do that it's like no you know what he's already drinking enough water so let me preface with that too he's already done the water thing like that's kind of out of the way but i think this is just a beautiful example because it's okay get two fistfuls of vegetables at every meal done Whatever else happens, happens. But just by making that decision, it's going to be hard to not have an effect on some of the other garbage going in. Okay. So take us through the um, the next progression of that. Like if you're seeing and, and there the client is compliant and you, you keep going on, what happens next? Again, so hard. How about this, Travis? What? Let me, let me ask you this. Where are you at with this? Like, because this way we can give like a perfect example because otherwise it's all, it's all kind of conjecture, right? Where I could say, okay, well we could go here, we could go here and I could take this five different ways. Uh, so, I mean, I, what, what would be your question to that? Like, all right, Hey Nick, I've done this. What can I do next? So I can kind of give that thought process behind it too. Okay. So I've done since the first of the year, uh, which is not very far, but (laughs) we're a couple days in guys. (laughs) I'm just not eating any crap. So like stuff that comes out of a package. So I need like potato chips or boxed food. Uh, it's all whole foods that I'm eating. Um, I'm increasing my water intake cause I know that's not where it needs to be. Um, and taking out, I, I don't eat gluten. Um, 
I, uh, I don't drink alcohol. Um, so eliminating that kind of stuff. Okay. What does not eating like the garbage mean to you? And what I mean by that is like, do you mean you're never going to eat it? Do you mean you're going to, okay, if I have a handful of potato chips once a week, once a month, whatever is, I'm okay with that. Or it's just like, nope, I'm done for the rest of my life. Yeah. I'm very bad at, uh, like 90% of the time type stuff. Yeah. Um, so for now, at least this short period of time, uh, I don't, I, I won't say I'll never have a potato chip again, but for now I'm pretty okay with it. And I just want to see what the results are. Okay. What are you doing to, you said like drinking more water. What is that looking like for you? And how are you going about that? So I have this huge uh, 64 ounce uh, container. I fill it up in the morning and I try to get through one of those before noon. All right. I know you don't like water, Travis. So, and I'm bringing this up because a lot of people are like, water, man. Like, I know I got to drink it, but I'll just get it down just to get it down. Like, what? What have you done to make that easier to make sure that you're going to be able to achieve that every day? Uh, I put lemon in it. I was going to say both flavor wise and or like, do you just have like a set? Uh, what, why did you select noon? Um, I know I got to get that thing. I know I'm supposed to have more than that based on my weight. Um, but if, I feel like if I at least get that, that's a start. Then I'll eventually, once my body gets used to, 64 ounces, it'll be easier for me to keep adding it. But I just try to drink as much as I can in the morning and just get it all in at once, which I know is not great. Uh, I won't actually – I'm not going to disagree with that. Or I'm not going to necessarily agree with that, actually, I should say. Uh, no, I think, like, boluses of water aren't really a bad thing. But to do it just once a day, yeah, it's probably not the best idea. But first thing in the morning, I'm actually going – 40, 50 ounces of liquid. And when I say first thing, that's probably within the first half hour to hour. Uh, now, again, I enjoy it though. My body like craves it at this point. That's also fairly heavily salted water. Uh, so that's part of it. Uh, maybe just water. I, I call it naked water. Water that doesn't have minerals on board to me, I don't like the flavor of. So I will put some Celtic sea salt in there uh, once in a while. Like if I have lemons or limes, like I'll do that. I enjoy it. I just, to me, it's more effort. So I don't feel like doing that effort when I can just put some of the salts in uh, and I'll do that normally. I think essential oils are a great way to add some of that too. Like if you like just any of those flavors, it makes it a lot easier. Uh, the other thing is I'm not opposed to tea. Tea, I think is still just, can be very hydrating. Like if you're just, and I'm talking, straight tea when i say that to people like you're not putting anything in your tea it could be cold it could be warm whatever it is uh yeah like for me it's some of it's green tea but i'm i'm a big fan of i have echinacea uh and what else um uh, drawing a blank like it's it's nice bright red leaves uh and, and oh rooibos um but again I just like tea too. So it's getting that, but then the, the whole bolus thing, right? So it's, yeah, get that bolus in. Like if you get 40, 50 ounces at a time, go for it. And then, you know what, if you don't do that again until two in the afternoon, well, you're probably okay because now you spread it out at least a little bit throughout the day and it's not going to be so late at night that it's affecting your sleep quality. Okay. Um, right. What else? All right. As far as just listening to other stuff, 
Uh, well, Travis, one of the things I want to ask you about, like, because you, you're, you're asking me a little bit about digestion, right? So I think digestive health. So we're talking about eating these quality foods, right? But if you just can't take it in, if you're just not breaking any of it down, uh, that's going to be a problem too. So like, okay, you're asking me a little bit about digestive health, but that's when we kind of said, okay, let's talk about this. Like, all right, what does digestive health even mean to you? Yeah, I just like consistent stool. Like I will, um, and I, I've taken, I don't know what the average amount of antibiotics is, but when, um, for like for the past 10 to 15 years, I would commonly get a sinus infection and I wouldn't get treatment for it just because I just didn't like antibiotics. But then it got to a point where it's like, I just need to take something. So I've taken antibiotics, let's just say once a year for the past five years, I'm starting to wonder. Which isn't uncommon either. Like just to say that for people, it's like, okay, just because it's common doesn't mean that it's normal either. Like you shouldn't have to require that. Uh, however, like you said, no, like, you know where you've been at that that's what you've done, but you're looking like, yeah, what else can you do about that? Yeah. So, um, I think that has kind of, it hasn't been good for my digestive tract. So like, what are things that I can do to repair that? So this is a huge topic of conversation, right? So we can talk about, uh, prebiotics, probiotics, like probiotics, like you, you can get so many supplements out there are some good, some are garbage. Yeah, there absolutely are. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to necessarily get into all of that. I think right now, I think part of what that can be is, okay, you try some of them and you see how you feel with it. But it's like, I like just whole food versions of that. Uh, Garden of Life is one brand that I like. There are lots of other brands out there. Uh, so, I mean, that's one thing, but then we talked about, or I said before, yogurt like i'm a big fan of yogurt like i just i like the flavor of yogurt so that's partly why i eat it but the yogurt that i eat is uh i i don't make my yogurt right now i want to start that eventually but it's it's a couple different strands of probiotics and milk and it's like there's there's nothing else in there where it's just uh it's it's organic i mean but just simple stuff like that whether you want that whether you want kefir whether you want sauerkraut kimchi i mean just some of those fermented foods i think are really just a good thing now as far as overall other things though sugar is going to just wreck your digestive tract right it's just not going to help gluten is just going to wreck your digestive tract pasteurized dairy and or dairy in general if you can't tolerate it is going to wreck your digestive tract like these are the biggies that i see where people just have so much sensitivity to them and when i say wreck your digestive tract what that means is your small intestine should fit together very tightly right when it starts opening up and letting proteins from these foods through that's what gets into your bloodstream that's what causes inflammation that's what's going to affect your stool so that's kind of what i mean by that and then prebiotic foods so you can i mean it's going to be easier to look up a list of prebiotic foods uh simplest to say i like cold starch for myself whether it's having leftover like intentionally cooking some type of potatoes and then eating them intentionally cooking some like basically plain white rice and eating that again after it's been cold like chilled uh, those are my go-tos but i think what like uh, onion, Jerusalem artichoke, uh, garlic, like these are all good, like prebiotic foods. Uh, I'd have to look at a list of other things, but 
No, it's just getting some of that too to actually just feed your gut flora. I actually uh, butyrate, so like butter is actually going to help feed some of that too. Okay. Where do you get yogurt from? Uh, I'm trying to picture it. It's purple and white on the label. Uh, it's We get it from Wegmans, like our local grocery store, right? Uh, okay. But selecting one that's also just not one strain like this one they they basically like select a it's like i want to say like 14 different strains or seven i don't know it's it's multiple strains but i i just i really like that so that's just what i prefer right and it doesn't have to be that and maybe you like yogurt too so maybe it's a simple fit but for anybody looking out there it's like yeah just find some of those things that are just having different uh probiotic foods in them Okay. Um, and do you ever recommend uh, any kind of a supplement or pill form um, things to help uh, with digestion? Well, one thing I was going to quick say to that, like as you were speaking about that, like I think gelatin, so drinking bone broth, drink, eating jello and like colostrum, like these are just simple things to help heal that gut lining. Uh, if you've already had a lot of insults to it. Uh, no, sorry. The second part was for digestion, right? Yeah. Um, okay. Well, with your digestion, do you notice like bloating, gas, like that kind of thing at all? Uh, yeah. Okay. So generally with that, I mean, and that's usually where people will have stuff, but people don't necessarily recognize it. And that's why I'm actually asking you that question very specifically because people might say, somebody might say that to me and then I'll say like, uh, if we're, if, okay, you and I are talking on Skype, like I'll say, okay, turn to the side and lift up your shirt. Like just so I can see kind of the area around your belly button and not that they have this, it's not a gut, but it's a paunch and there's a difference there. So it's like just this inflammation, just rampant throughout the body. And like, you don't recognize it. That is a form of like that bloating, that everything. So that's, that's an important part of this, but what do you take with that? Right? Well, that's where, like I said, Apple cider vinegar, I think, is the simplest thing that people can use. That and or just like a half a lemon or something like squeezed either into a little bit of water uh, or just put over top of the food are great for increasing the hydrochloric acid in your stomach. Uh, that being said, yeah, like you could take, I have a massive just bottle of hydrochloric acid and like uh, pills that I'll take because again, Sometimes I use them, sometimes I don't. It just depends on the environment that I'm eating. Uh, okay, well, we were just talking like um, we had our parents over for pork and sauerkraut on uh, New Year's Day, on Christmas Day. Like these are days, like recently, that I just ate a lot. So yeah, I just used some digestive support with those because I wanted to eat a lot. Like I was going to enjoy it and, and I'm not going to uh, not do that, right? So just by doing so, I knew that this would make it a lot easier for me to break down that food then. So, so you take those pills before or after? Uh, I'll take that before and or during. So okay. you can tight. So the way that you could do this, if you want to really titrate on it, uh, this is an old like Charles Poliquin thing that I learned about. You take basically one at the beginning of a meal, see how you feel like if you're not noticing like a warm sensation like in your stomach where it's almost not like ingestion but it's like this warmth i i've never really titrated up a little bit uh, too much on it i usually just take like one or two depending on i do it more by feel but if you don't notice anything have another one like part way through the meal if all of a sudden you're starting to notice like that sensation okay tone it back go back to one 
You don't need, you don't want that to be your normal sensation. You want to know to how many you get to that point. You might have to now, you take two at the beginning of your next meal. You take three at the beginning of your next meal. You take four at the beginning of your next meal. You're still not feeling anything. All of a sudden, you take five at the beginning of the next meal. Whoa, yeah, okay, I get that. Okay, you back down to four. You do that for a week, a month, whatever it is. And all of a sudden, oh, yeah, I'm starting to get that warm sensation. So you have to pay attention because if you take too much of it too, like it'll wreck, like it'll start to break down some of your lining of either your uh, the stomach, but it'll start to come up like into the esophagus. So, okay, you have to pay attention when you're using it. And now all of a sudden, oh, yeah, I'm getting it again. You go down to three, you go down to two. So you might never get away from it. And a lot of people, like as we age, like we naturally actually produce a little bit less stomach acid, like the hydrochloric acid to break down food, which is a huge barrier outside of chewing. Like first and foremost, chew your food, right? Uh, so talking about digestion, chew, chew, chew. You should it could, it, Your food should be complete liquid. You shouldn't like food, whole food particles should not be getting into your stomach because that's not meant to be breaking down that broken down there. It's meant to be broken down in your mouth, uh, as well as chewing produces more, uh, like you, by the saliva and what you produce in your mouth, it also produces more in your stomach, the more that you chew. So it just makes it easier to break that food down then too. Okay. And if you're going to use apple cider vinegar to help out, what does that dosage look like? Uh, <laughs> depends who you are. Uh, for me, it's because I'm the only one that uses the bottle. Like, I, and I keep a bottle at work. I just take a swig of it. Uh, that's a lot for most people. Like, depending if you like vinegar or not. Uh, if not, put some in like a small amount of water. Oh, I'm showing Travis like my water right now. And I say a small amount because you don't want to, you don't want to dilute your stomach acid before you do this. So, 15 minutes before a meal, have a glass or two of water, plain water. Now, then. Okay, if you're going to eat in 15 minutes, okay, maybe you're 15 minutes kind of getting everything ready. Now in a quarter cup, put like that teaspoon to tablespoon or so. And I say or so because it depends. Maybe you need more, maybe you need a little bit less. But that's probably a good rough ballpark. In some water, swig that down or just take that amount and just pour it over top of your food. Any of those ways uh, are good. And one of the things, so actually one thing, I really like actually eating salads, but I only like eating salads once they're broken down. So this is why, uh, and I'll do this as I'm making breakfast today. So we're talking early in the morning. I'll go up, I'm going to start getting food ready for myself and for the kids, but I'll make my salad now that I'll have at either lunch or dinner because I want to put the dressing on because I use apple cider vinegar and olive oil. Uh, sometimes I'll put a little soy sauce in there just because I like the flavor. Uh, wheat free and I say that very specifically because again I don't do well with wheat either and put that on shake it up like put it in like a glass container put a lid on it and this once I go back to it it's going to be wilted it's going to be like shriveled up kind of but it's going to have soaked all that in and already start breaking it down because raw vegetables can be difficult to break down Mm. like I don't like salad that's just been freshly had dressing put on it I like it when it's soaked in because for me I it will not bloat me. If I have a raw salad that has not had that on for a long enough period of time, yes, I will get bloating with that. It will just not feel comfortable in my stomach. Okay. All right. So you've given me a lot of stuff to work on here. Is there any other like large things? I mean, we can kind of get down into the finer details of stuff, but anything that we missed in terms of if I was going to help Travis out based on how uh, much I know about him, 
um, what are other things that I should do to help out on my health journey here? Yeah, this actually came to me like when we kind of started texting about this because this was one thing that I tried this year and was absolutely blown away by. Uh, so we're talking like digestive enzymes, but proteolytic enzymes. They're some are the same, some are slightly different. Uh, I use Wobenzyme uh, and Masszyme by Bioptimizer is another big one. Those are a little too pricey for me, so I've just kind of not. They might be better uh, in the long run. I don't know. I'm trying out the Wobenzymes. Uh, it's another Garden of Life thing, and I don't necessarily use them for digestive support, which you can. I use them for where we're talking like just inflammation in the body for joint health for an overall thing where i think this could be something like that could really benefit for you and especially if we're just talking like overall like systemic inflammation like when you've had a lot of inflammation in your body that you need to get under control wow this has been awesome i've been using it even like once i kind of realized what it could do i use them for workout support so the other thing travis and i were talking about a couple weeks ago with another one of our friends dan out like squatting Travis hadn't squatted in a little bit and he was a little bit too sore and had some trouble walking, right? Which if you've worked out, uh, you realize what this is. But by taking these, I can, my body can recover and I can feel so much better, so much faster. It's actually kind of incredible for me. Uh, it says like take um, like three on an empty stomach, like you can work up to a couple times a day. Uh, Okay, Travis and I are recording this on a Sunday. Sundays, I might take them in the morning if I take them. If not, I don't. And I might take them at night. So this would be something I would take like right before bed or right upon waking. Uh, or like, okay, tomorrow is a Monday. On Mondays, it's my busiest day in the clinic. So I don't really eat much. Maybe I'll eat like a late lunch. And when I say a late lunch, like if I have some time, like two, three in the afternoon, I'll grab a bite. If not, I just won't eat. But I'll take five of these, ten of these two or three times tomorrow, right? Where I will take them and it's funny. We talked about the mirror test. I can take them and I can see the difference. Just like the the definition, like the, and I say this like almost somewhat in vain, but it's like, okay, my abs, like I can see a very big difference there. And like in my shoulders as well and arms, uh, even like legs, I haven't necessarily looked at that um, more because I just didn't have a full length mirror to see the difference. But the level of inflammation in the body is incredible. The difference if I take these for a day pretty hard. So I'll probably take 15 to 20 of them spread throughout the day tomorrow. And not only, so that's almost like the vain way of looking at it, but it's also very important to see that like low level inflammation throughout the body, but also then my joints. So I had been getting when I was starting to squat heavier again and do a lot more heavier lunges, my knees were bothering me slightly. And I was like, ah, what's going on? I tried doing more stretching, more foam rolling, stuff like that. Uh, just self soft tissue work. It wasn't working out perfectly. I started taking like a whole lot of digestive, uh, sorry, excuse me, the proteolytic enzymes. I feel really good as far as my joints. Like I was even surprised to see that big of a change. So I know this is like just something that would probably behoove you and I think work well for you as well. Is there like a quick two sentence explanation of what those things are? Uh, enzymes that help break things down in the body. So again, everything almost revolves around some of the enzymes to help break down. So here, when you have that inflammation, it helps kind of go out and scavenge that and get rid of that. Oh, okay. And Great. just ones that are specific to really what you're going to be getting in your body. Okay. 
All right. Well, yeah, that's a lot to work on. Um, I don't know. Maybe in the future, after we do this for a little while, um, you can ask me some some more questions. We can dial it in a little bit more to try to help people out. Yeah, this is this is fun, Travis. Thank you for uh, thank you for asking the questions because that's hey, I I just enjoy being able to talk about this. And I think in part, hey, I want to reiterate this is like some of this stuff I don't even think about because I've been doing it for a while. And it's, you just when you do it, and you're in, same thing for you. It's like or you just know. Hey, I should be drinking water and yeah, maybe I just haven't done it, but it's, you know the things or you don't know the things and sometimes you just know them and you don't even say anything because you just assume that everybody's doing it. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, sounds like uh, kids are getting up there. Time to make yes, some break. It, 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 it is time. Uh, if anybody has questions, Hey, head over to bare naked health podcast. Uh, check out, check out the, I, I don't know what we'll call this one yet. Um, but I'll, I'll get some show notes together for everybody. Uh, but if you have any questions, Hey, Feel free, please reach out. Uh, that's what it's all about. Just trying to get some of these questions answered and or just post some questions so that we can maybe have more shows like this where we just talk about it because, hey, I, I like fielding some questions for people and trying to help them out as best as possible. But Travis, any uh, parting words for you? No, no, I'm going to get to work on this. And now I have the uh, built-in accountability in case somebody says, hey, what happened to that Travis guy that you were working with in January? Did he end up doing all that crap you told him to do? There we so, go. Hey, start calling him out, everybody. Start calling him out. <laughs> All right, Nick. Thanks for your time, bud. All right. Thanks. Bye, guys.